Thank you, Laura and Williams, for that beautiful rendition, bringing us to a sweet hour of prayer near to the heart of God. I also want to thank, in a very special way, those who have organized this incredibly important North American Division Health Summit. In a very special way, we want to thank Katia Reinert and her health ministries team. And also, of course, Dan Jackson and Deborah Brill for their strong administrative and spiritual encouragement. We also, of course, uh, want to appreciate the strong participation of the Inter-American Division and Belkis Archbold and her team. What a blessing it is to work together as a world family. Also, of course, our General Conference Health Ministries team, uh, Alan Handysides and his group of dedicated associates. And it was a privilege to participate with Dr. Handysides in Makati and Manila. And we are planning another evangelistic uh, activity together in the near future. And it'll be a great opportunity. We also, of course, are grateful for our institutions that help us and contribute to this setting here, including, of course, Loma Linda University and the School of Public Health, uh, Dr. Penny Cook, and others who are so supportive. And, of course, we're right here in the territory of the Southern Union, and we're grateful for their hospitality, for the Southeastern Conference, its territory here, and the Florida Conference, and, of course, Florida Hospital. I want to thank them for participating in what can be, could be, will be, one of the most exciting things that you will attend this week, and that will be the evening meetings where Mark Finley is partnering with Loma Linda, well, with uh, Florida Hospital, and in a very special emphasis on combining the physical, mental, social, and spiritual approach to helping people to see Jesus. I hope all of you will be here tonight. I will be here. Imagine a healthy 100. To be honest with you, I hope that when I'm 100 years old, I will have long been in heaven alive with the Savior. <laughs> but you know, it's a catchy phrase, and I certainly hope that all of us will be present here tonight and throughout the week for each of you. Again, I want to thank Laura for that lovely reminder that there is peace and rest for the weary ones of this world near to the heart of God in that sweet hour of prayer. And if ever there was a time when the world needed to hear a vivid understanding and a vivid picture of God as the great comforter, as the master physician, as the reliever of stress and anxiety, it is now. The world is confused and weary and worn, a place of quiet rest is needed. An understanding of why to choose the full life, that's the theme for this summit, and I'm so glad they've taken it from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Choose life. Choose the full life. It's desperately needed by millions around the world. That's why God has called each of us to this summit here in Orlando for the North American Division, to tell the world. I want to thank Katya and her dynamic team for the excellent work that they are doing. We're grateful for the many local church health programs that reach out to their communities, including the participation in the nationally sponsored Let's Move campaign to get young people to return to a healthy way of life and the rest of us with them initiated by the First Lady of this country, Michelle Obama. We're honored that today the Surgeon General of the United States will be with us in support of our humble efforts to help the communities we represent to become healthy in every way, physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. 
You see, it's not just enough to find a quiet place of rest for yourself. A place where you can get physical and spiritual blessings. What Laura sang about. But God is calling us to move from that quiet place and to share it, to tell the world through the loving kindness and an interaction that each of us can provide. Now, as Seventh-day Adventists, we believe in the whole person concept, in ministering to those around us in a comprehensive way. Or do we? In 3 John, verse 2, God was speaking through John, his disciple, and he indicated, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You see, long before the current promotion of the whole person concept, God, the creator of the human race, and everything good that is in here in this beautiful world, was declaring that he wanted us to be healthy in every way. God wants us to be revived and reformed through the Holy Spirit's power today. He wants us to understand that we are a complex creature made in his image by his hand and through his breath on the literal sixth day of a literal seven-day creation week, which happened recently, not eons ago. Let no one dissuade you from the marvelous literal creation story of Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, which brings to the forefront the mighty creative power of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three as one, the Trinity, which has existed since eternity and will exist into eternity. They all participated in making us in their image, in God's image. Our magnificent creator wants us to be the best representatives of being in full health. Our magnificent creator wants us to understand that physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually, he wants us to prosper in our relationship with him and our service to others in loving, caring ministry, following Christ's example. And what was that incredible example? Look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Pastor Jackson last night in his keynote address highlighted this very important practical approach. You see, that verse tells us, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, this is Matthew chapter 9, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now examine the ministry of Jesus. The ministry that is to be ours as health professionals, as pastors, as church workers, as community and social workers, as church members. Jesus went into the cities and the villages. He went to the people. If you're to fulfill the theme for this health summit, of choosing full life and telling the world, you will need to tell this good news where the people are, in the cities and in the villages. And many of them are in the rural areas. Now let me make a heartfelt appeal to each of you. Regardless of what line of work you are in in this audience and those listening to us through the internet, Regardless of what your profession is, please join the world church in the great work of reaching the people in the cities of this world. 
follow Christ's example and reach out to the world that now has over 50% of the world's population living in the large metropolitan areas. Join God's church in mission to the cities. The book, Medical Ministry, page 304, a book that I hope all of you are very familiar with, challenges us with these words. There is no change in the messages that God has sent in the past. The work in the cities is the essential work for this time. When the cities are worked as God would have them, the result will be the setting in operation of a mighty movement such as we have not yet witnessed. End quote. That mighty movement is yet to come. Let's earnestly study, pray, humble ourselves before God, and seek his direction for us as a people, pleading with him for the outpouring of the latter reign of the Holy Spirit so that we can see this mighty movement take place. We want to see Jesus return. You see, the world is wearing out. And I believe with all my heart that we are soon to see Christ's literal second coming. Let's follow Christ's example and go into the cities to reach the people where they are. Where possible, we ought to do this with what I term an in and out concept for working the cities as outlined in the spirit of prophecy. You see, the in part of it represents those things that we do in the cities involving the use of centers of influence, local churches, church members, Teams of young people involved in a variety of outreach activities. Health outreach, medical missionary work, health clinics, health lectures, vegetarian restaurants, literature evangelism, small group outreach, door-to-door -door missionary work, community services and social work following Christ's methods, the use of Adventist community, community services and ADRA integrated media evangelism, counseling centers, reading rooms, Adventist book centers, Bible studies by members, by young people and Bible workers, child evangelism, personal evangelism, and witnessing, and public evangelism, and many more methods that the Holy Spirit yet has to reveal to each of us. We need pastors, health professionals, and church members working together as indicated in the spirit of prophecy as a blended ministry. You see in manuscript 117, written in 1901 by Ellen White, we read, every minister of the gospel should be prepared to do practical medical missionary work. The medical missionary work is to be as closely united with the gospel ministry as the arm is united to the body. The reluctance shown to promulgations or the proclamation of the principles of health reform is caused by an unwillingness to deny self. In our large cities, I'm continuing to quote, in our large cities the medical missionary work must go hand in hand with the gospel ministry. It will open doors for the entrance of truth. You see, God is calling for all of us here at this summit to reinvigorate the use of medical missionary work. We can call it whatever we want, health ministries, community outreach. Medical missionary work is kind of an old term. You create a good term for it. God wants us to do this in the large cities of the world. I plead with you to carry a burden for the large cities of this division and everywhere around this globe. We need denominational organizations and supporting ministries working together in community outreach and soul winning in the large cities of the world. One of the outreach projects that kind of cuts across all walks of life has to do with literature. We had a publishing ministries director here on the platform a few minutes ago. He's also the health director for the Florida Conference. 
he was telling me it just works beautifully together. Well, I want to tell you one of the exciting things that all of us can participate now in 2012 and 2013 is the Great Controversy Project. And that is to distribute this marvelous book of hope to neighbors and friends during the next two years, distribute them by the millions. You see, Ellen White herself indicated that she wished that book circulated more than any other book she had written. At this point in time, as we begin this two years of distribution, the world church has committed itself to distributing 175 million copies of that book in all of its different versions. And we praise the Lord for that. Now the out part of the in and out arrangement for working the cities involves outpost centers or small institutes in the countryside, just on the periphery of cities where Christian city workers can live or at least be rejuvenated, where a simple health lifestyle center can exist, and also a place where we can train young people and others to do special work for the cities of the world. We need everyone dedicated to a comprehensive and sustained evangelistic outreach that will replicate the urban work that was done in San Francisco in the latter part of the 19th century and the early part of the 20th century. Ellen White referred to it as a beehive of activity. And what was it that was happening? Much of it had to do with health ministries. Listen. She wrote in the Review and Herald in 1906, During the past few years, the beehive in San Francisco has been indeed a busy one. Many lines of Christian effort have been carried forward by our brethren and sisters there. These included, here we go, medical missionary work, health ministries, included visiting the sick and destitute, finding homes for orphans and work for the unemployed, nursing the sick, teaching the truth from house to house, distributing literature, and conducting classes on healthful living and the care of the sick. A school for the children has been conducted in the basement of the Laguna Street Meeting House. This is in San Francisco. For a time, a working men's home and medical mission were maintained. On Market Street, near the City Hall, there were treatment rooms operated as a branch from the St. Helena Sanitarium. In the same locality was a, I'm continuing to quote from her article, in the same locality was a health food store. Nearer the center of the city was conducted a vegetarian cafe, which was open six days in the week and entirely closed on the Sabbath. Along the waterfront, ship mission work was carried on. At various times, our ministers conducted meetings in large halls in the city. Thus, the warning message was given by many. That's what health ministries is all about. Let's create beehives of activity from every place where you are. We need strategic planning by church workers and pastors and health professionals under the guidance of the Holy Spirit for every city in North America and in every country around the world so that we can produce this beehive by God's grace. This is one of the greatest challenges before us at this NAD Health Summit. Let's follow Christ's example and use Christ's methods alone. I want to tell you what's going to happen in New York in 2013. I was talking with the Northeastern Conference Health Director and he was just so excited about what God is doing presently and will be doing as we focus our attention on New York City. You know that Spirit of Prophecy says that the work in New York is to be a symbol as to how the rest of the world should be worked. Now praise God for the good things that have happened in New York. I spent seven years of my life working in New York. I love New York and also there are things I don't like about New York as any big city. 
but I have a special love and burden for that place. If it is to be a symbol, what is it that God wants it to be a symbol of? How is God going to be able to use us to pull all these elements together to create this beehive of activity that was indicated? I want to tell you what is so exciting. The world church is focusing upon New York City for the year 2013. In the month of June, we will have, by God's grace, if it is His will, literally hundreds of public evangelistic meetings. I will be there to hold one of them. Many of the leaders of the general conference from the division, from the unions are going to be there. Pastors will be there. Lay people will be there. September 22 of this year, we're going to have a huge prayer rally in New York City, praying for that great event in 2013. We will be inviting in 2013 representatives from all over the world, every division, to come to New York City with representatives to hold meetings and to sit and listen and learn and pray. We're going to be having meetings, a training session in the morning. Mark Finley will be leading out and many others. We're going to find out how God wants us to reach these big cities of the world. All these people would be there together in 2013 and from there they will go back to the rest of the world. And they will replicate the activities that we have experienced in New York. By God's grace, New York will be a symbol to the rest of the world as to how to do appropriate, comprehensive, evangelistic approach using every method possible including health ministries and health ministries will form one of the most vital parts of that effort pray for the Atlantic Union the Columbia Union the North American Division and all those who are going to be participating pray for the leadership of the General Conference as we plan for October 2012 this year but I want to share with you that at that time at this annual council Last year, we focused on unveiling mission to the cities. This year, we're going to be focusing in a very intense way on using medical missionary work, health, ministries, and evangelism to the world. It will become a key component of our efforts to evangelize the cities. I implore each of you to pray for us, to participate with us, to support this, and ultimately to cooperate in involvement with practical medical missionary outreach. This is going to become a tremendous part of mission to the cities. And all of this, all of it, is based on the foundation of a humble relationship with Jesus Christ through revival and reformation. As Christ ministered to the people in the cities, he actively participated, as verse 35 of Matthew 9 indicates, in teaching in their synagogues, in preaching the gospel of the kingdom, in healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He taught and modeled being healthy in every way. He taught and modeled the tremendous theme that we have to choose full life and to tell the world for he sent people away as missionaries from their experience with him verse 36 explains that when Jesus saw the people he had great compassion on them because they were weary and scattered the world today is literally falling apart there's a great yearning for that which is real and solid that which leads to peace and serenity and security that which will unify God's people as a shepherd does for his flock. Christ is calling you and me to choose life to its fullness and to tell people about this precious relationship that we have so that we can then bring people together as a shepherd gathers those who are scattered. 
As the title of a blended ministry book some years ago written by Leo Van Dolsen stated, we are to be healthy, happy, holy. All through God's grace and power. That's why you've been drawn to the summit. That's why you're listening through internet or on television. God is calling you to be a part of his great united and blended team of health professionals, church pastors, church workers, church members, who are to show compassion to people who are weary and scattered, broken in body and spirit. You see, Christ proclaimed in the last two verses of chapter 9, the potential for harvesting was there, but the dedicated missionaries were lost. They were few. And we should pray for the Lord to send laborers into the harvest. Are you willing to persevere in this work? Are you committed to pushing ahead regardless of what you may face or what will happen? Are you willing to choose full life? And accept Christ's call to be healthy in every way and to tell the world. How persistent are you? Turn to the book of Mark, chapter 2. In Mark 2, verse 1, it indicates that Christ entered Capernaum and the news went out like wildfire. Jesus was there. Immediately a large crowd gathered in Peter's house so that it was impossible even to find a place. Now in verse 2 it says he preached the word to them. Whether you are a health professional, a pastor, a layperson, we are to share the biblical word of God with everyone. They are the words of life. People long for the truth. You see in Capernaum there was a depressed dejected, helpless invalid. He'd fallen into despair and had lost hope of recovery. And according to the book, The Desire of Ages, his sickness was a result of sin. He was full of bitter remorse. He was a sad case of physical, mental, social, spiritual illness. He'd gone to the religious leaders and asked for help. At least he wanted to be absolved of his guilt, but they had pronounced him incurable. The man was helpless and discouraged. But then he heard about Jesus. People around us today are helpless and discouraged. Let them hear about Jesus. And let them choose full life. Tell them and the world about the life-saving power of Jesus, physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. Well, this invalid heard that others, as sinful and helpless as he was, had been healed. His friends encouraged him to be carried to Jesus. However, his hope fell when he remembered how sin had caused his own disease. Actually, what he desired most was relief from the burden of sin. Now, many today have burdens and they want to be relieved of them by Jesus. This man wanted to see Jesus and receive the assurance of forgiveness. You know, brothers and sisters, how remedial and how invigorating it is to be forgiven? You've experienced it in your life and so have I. There was no time to lose for this invalid. His flesh was already decaying on his body. He asked his friends to carry him and his bed to see Jesus. And they gladly did, as verse 3 testifies. However, when the five of them arrived, they realized that the crowd was so dense, so difficult, they couldn't even hear Jesus. They tried many times with that bed to push through the crowd to get close to Jesus with no chance available. The paralytic felt so close and yet so far. How could he give up hope? He longed to see Jesus and 
receive that forgiveness. He would do anything to see Jesus. Are you that anxious to see Jesus in your life? As a health professional, a pastor, a church worker, a layman, a church employee, whoever you might be, how much energy are you expending to stay close to Jesus? I want to tell you, with my busy traveling schedule and all the demands, the devil tries his best to allow me to squeeze Jesus out of my life. I want you to pray for me. My wife's a good help. She keeps prodding me to help. You know, spouses, let's respect and love our spouses. Let us not in any way denigrate our spouses. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, support and love your husbands. Love your children. Well, this isn't a sermon about family ministries, but I want to tell you that's the home is where all of this starts. But my wife tries to help me. Let's stay close to Jesus every day. The man had an idea. He enlisted his friends to take him to the roof. Now, you know, it's wonderful to have spiritually minded friends, isn't it? Verse 4 indicates that they began to tear the roof apart. And since that was the only way to get to Jesus, they went after it. Imagine the confusion in the middle of Peter's house when debris and dust started falling from the ceiling. And then the scripture says, so when they had broken through, I mean, you know, roofs cost quite a bit of money these days. How would you like it if somebody came and undid your roof just to see Jesus, one of your guests? Well, it says when they broke through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. A bed was coming through the roof to the feet of Jesus. Jesus looked into those pleading eyes. He understood the situation. Christ had given him hope. And then the paralytic waited for the words he longed to hear. What faith this man had and his four friends. They went through the roof. As a health professional, as a pastor, as a church worker, as a church member, are you willing to go through the roof to see Jesus? Verse 5 records the marvelous words that the paralytic longed to hear from Jesus. Son, your sins are forgiven you. The words were like music to his ears. The burden of despair rolled from his shoulders. He had the peace of forgiveness. In the book Desire of Ages, page 268, indicates, in simple faith he accepted the words of Jesus as the boon of new life. He urged no further request. He didn't ask even to be healed. He just heard what he wanted to hear. He urged no further request, but lay in blissful silence, too happy for words. The light of heaven irradiated his countenance, and the people looked with awe upon the scene. End of quote. What a marvelous sight. The self-centered religious leaders in the room with Jesus exchanged glances at each other, remembering their unsympathetic reproach and rejection of this poor invalid. In their hearts, they accused Jesus of blasphemy and thought they could use this as a pretext for sentencing Christ to death. And Jesus fixed his eyes and his gaze upon them. And reading their thoughts, he said, recorded in verses 9 and 10, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. The man jumps to his feet and he has the strength of youth. Life-giving blood runs through his veins and he has that glow of health. 
He chose full health and full life. And then he told the world about it. You see, the same power that created us instantly restored that man. The healing power of the body of Christ was evidenced in that power that renews the heart and the life. This is what medical missionary work or health ministries is all about. It is a blended ministry. Ministry of Healing, page 144, states that we should ever remember that the object of the medical missionary work or health ministries, outreach to people, is to point sin-sick men and women to the man of Calvary who taketh away the sin of the world by beholding him, Jesus. They will be changed into his likeness. We are to encourage the sick and suffering to look to Jesus and live. That's what Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 is all about. The theme for this conference. Medical missionary work is meeting people's needs in a practical way that shows them the love of Jesus. In a letter written by Ellen White in 1902, it says, Medical missionary work has been presented as the entering wedge of present truth. It is by this work that hearts are reached, and those once prejudiced are softened and subdued. This is the work that is to be done today. That was uh, 110 years ago written. It is still the work to be done today. Amen. Ministry of Healing, page 144. Medical missionary work is the pioneer work of the gospel. In the ministry of the word and in the medical missionary work, the gospel is to be preached and practiced. A blended ministry. You see what you're being called to at the NAD Health Summit this year and into the future? Active church members who are health professionals can show Christ's incredible love and compassion in their trained professions and in their use of their skills and turn the local church into a center of life and health, thus fulfilling the General Conference Health Ministries Department's goal of making every Seventh-day Adventist local church worldwide a community health center. Materials and resources produced by various health ministries departments, your division, conference, union, whatever it might be, and other health entities can be used to make the Christian witness so practical. I can't underscore that word enough. Make what we do in a blended ministry, in the ministry of Jesus to others, a practical work. Let it be helpful so that church members can share with neighbors the benefits of heaven-inspired health habits, preventive health strategies, and simple, inexpensive home health procedures and interventions. Every church, a community health center, is one of the least expensive and most effective universal preventive health care approaches possible. It is what God wants us to do helping people with healthy lifestyle modifications and telling the world about God's complete plan of restoring the whole person physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. Now we certainly focus on the spiritual part in our churches, but I want to in indicate that we need to, in an ever increasingly stronger way, focus upon our efforts to help people to be healthy in every way. We're told in Medical Ministry, page 188, that the medical missionary work is as the right hand and arm to the third angel's message, which must be proclaimed to a fallen world. The three angels' messages of Revelation 14, full of hope, grace, righteousness, and judgment, are to be presented through God's power and medical missionary work, health ministries, is to play a strong role. Have we become somewhat hesitant in strongly proclaiming the clear link between biblical truth 
and our physical well-being. Medical Ministry, page 250. No line is to be drawn between genuine medical missionary work and the gospel ministry. These two must blend. They are not to stand apart as separate lines of work. They are to be joined in an inseparable union even as the hand is joined to the body. Do we truly believe that God has given unusual light to Seventh-day Adventists regarding a healthy lifestyle? Or to use an older phrase, health reform, medical missionary work, we are charged by God to tell the world. Medical Ministry, page 237. The medical missionary work has never been presented to me in any other way than as bearing the same relation to the work as a whole as the arm does to the body. The gospel ministry is an organization for the proclamation of the truth and carrying forward of the work for the sick and well-being and well. This is the body. That's the gospel. The medical missionary work is the arm and Christ is the head over all. Thus the matter has been presented to me. End quote. You see how blended that is? This work is to be done with careful balance and wisely initiated. I want to read something to you that I hope you will take to heart. You know, sometimes health activities become fanatical. So do spiritual activities. That's why the Lord says, let everything be done in moderation. Now, I'm not talking about drinking alcohol. You should not drink alcohol at all. <laughs> but lifestyle and the way you relate to people, how you live should be done in balance. That's what the gospel brings. Now, listen to this quotation from Selected Messages, Book 3, 285. Health reform, wisely treated, will prove an entering wedge where the truth may follow with marked success. That's a wonderful promise. But to present health reform unwisely, making that subject the burden of the message. I won't elaborate too much. You know what fanaticism can take it to. But if you make that the only message and not Christ, then, and I'm going to continue here reading in quotes, making that subject the burden of the message, has served to create prejudice with unbelievers and to bar the way to the truth, leaving the impression that we are extremists. Now the Lord would have us wise and understanding as to what is his will. We must not give occasion for us to be regarded extremists. Pray that the Lord will help each of us as you go from this place to be balanced in the way that you approach every aspect of life. Why is it that we are to expand the work of this powerful blending of the physical and spiritual ministry as the world becomes more chaotic and as we approach Christ's soon return? Interesting quotation from Councils on Health, page 533. One sentence. I wish to tell you that soon there will be no work done in ministerial lines but medical missionary work. We know the future. When you read the great controversy and the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, we understand what we will face at the end of time. We are being told the importance of medical missionary work. The practical presentation of God's health principles is the answer to the postmodern age, to the New Age movement, to mysticism and to pagan philosophies which are part of the last day deceptions of the devil. Do not fall prey to the strange fire of mystic belief and practice, whether it be in the health field or in the spiritual life. Stay close to the Bible. Stay close to the spirit of prophecy. And in personal prayer, beseech the Lord to keep you connected to him and let the Holy Spirit help you discern what is truth 
so that you will avoid error. Amen. We're in the midst of the great controversy between Christ and Satan, between good and evil. What will you do in helping people to choose full life? What will you do for medical missionary work or health ministries when you return home? Will you ask the Holy Spirit to bring about a revival and reformation in your life, in your work, in your medical practice, in your home, in your local church? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to initiate that revival and reformation? Don't wait for other church members or even church workers and leaders to lead the way. Take the initiative yourself and step forward with God's plan to be healthy in every way for these last days of earth's history. Health professionals, work with pastors to present health lectures and other programs for the public sponsored by the local church and participate with pastors in public evangelistic meetings that incorporate health. Pastors and church workers and, and leaders recognize and promote in a practical way the concept of a blended ministry with pastors and health professionals working together in unity under the Holy Spirit's guidance to nurture revival and reformation and to make every church a community health center. Today, at this NAD Health Summit, here in Orlando, God is calling you and me to participate in a great outreach to those who are scattered and weary and are waiting for the call to choose full life in Christ. I believe that God is calling us to ignite a new revival and reformation both physically and spiritually. We are not only to live up to the rich heritage of the Seventh-day Adventist health ministry, but to renew our commitment to innovative approaches to health practices, health promotion, primary health care, and medical missionary work, which will be absolutely instrumental in the last proclamation of this Advent movement. I appeal to our pastors and health professionals to unite under the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the wonderful things that are happening in many of our churches, our healthcare institutions and educational institutions. I appeal to our colleges and seminaries to have health courses for religion and theology students, as well as for all students to show a blended ministry. Let's realize the power of a united and blended approach since Christ is the origin of all life and health. You see in medical ministry, page 12, it says, the influence of the Spirit of God is the very best medicine that can be received by a sick man or woman. And then this next phrase is incredible. Heaven is all health. And the more deeply the heavenly influences are realized, the more sure will be the recovery of the believing invalid. Just like that poor paralytic. It's our privilege here at this summit to realize that Christ, the master physician, is our all in all and unites us in our work for him. As Ministry of Healing, page 143 tells us, the world needs today what it needed 1900 years ago. A revelation of Christ. A great work of reform is demanded. And it is only through the grace of Christ that the work of restoration, physical, mental, and spiritual, can be accomplished. Christ, the master physician, is coming soon. We're called to spiritual revival and reformation. A call to humble ourselves before God as we take up Christ's message of hope and judgment found in Revelation 14, a call to lift high before the entire world the special message that God has for everyone to hear about a healthy lifestyle change that can result in full life in every way, a call to live up to the highest Christian and professional standards of your 
respective health professions, and at the same time, help to train church members in simple health practices that can be shared with neighbors and communities. We are to point people to the great physician who went about teaching, preaching, and healing, and said through John, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The master physician promises to bring complete restoration. We're called to a message of revival and reformation to fulfill in every practical way and in the truest sense, medical missionary work or health ministries. A call to point people to the true medical missionary, Jesus Christ, the master physician, the Savior, and our soon coming King who says to us and to the world through us, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This work is so closely tied to God's biblical message of truth, to the precious message of righteousness by faith in Christ, to the proclamation of the three angels' messages and the sacredness of the Seventh-day Sabbath. It is connected with the incredible sanctuary message portraying the salvation process. I have a really deep burden that we need to preach more and teach more about the sanctuary service in the Scriptures. And what is happening in the heavenly sanctuary at this time? Christ, our High Priest, interceding for us. Medical missionary work is closely tied with a loud cry that is to be given at the end of time. At this summit and in our lives, we're dealing with a most sacred and deeply spiritual message. Are you willing to go from this summit committed to revival and reformation personally and corporately? Are you committed to practical medical missionary work, health ministries, which is helping people physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually? Are you committed to pointing people to the master physician who can provide abundant and complete life? If you wish to make these commitments as we careen towards the climax of Earth's history and the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you would like to commit yourself, would you join me right now in standing quietly before the Lord? We want to stand in complete commitment to God, the Creator, who has called us to be healthy in every way and to choose full life as we tell the world. Join me in that commitment as Laura sings a beautiful appeal about surrender and God's power to bring healing. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.